What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, across the internet, Drew Douglas. Welcome back. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I feel good. That's great. Have you? I'm curious because I have only been able to text you sporadically and talk to you on and off a little bit. Have you seen anything fun or exciting lately? I start a new job next week. I'm just plowing through movies that I missed in recent months. I've cranked out the Green Knight. Loves. Still Water. Um, what else have I watched? Did I you watched do Reminisc- Snake. I watched Reminiscence. I watched Snake Eyes. Uh, I watched Candyman to get ready for Candyman. Ooh. And I feel like I'm missing something. But what I learned is Still Water. Good movie. So surprising good. surprised me quite a bit one of matt damon's best in a long time I, I was gonna say one of matt damon's best in a long time but i i forgot about ford v ferrari which is mm-hmm. a good fun movie but this is a little different and damon is really good in it man that freaking ending we won't spoil anything but that hands down is like one of the best endings to a movie, but also like the acting and that is just, it's so good. What's funny is, you know, we watched that trailer and we joked, it looks like something <laughs> that, you know, Damon is, is at the end of his career and he's just pumping out direct video <laughs> like garbage because it looked terrible. Yeah. And uh, it, it's actually not, I, I liked it a lot. It's very different than I expected. It's got a whole major plot line that I had no idea was a part of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in that movie I found to be very, uh, very interesting. The way that it was shot, but also the performances. I have to say the, uh, is it Abigail Breslin who mm-hmm. plays uh, Damon's daughter? What did you think about her overall? Uh, she's good. I haven't seen her in a ton. Uh, we recently watched Signs again. And uh, it's, so it's fun to see her. She's so young in that. And then obviously an adult in this movie. Yeah, that that's that's a movie definitely worth watching for sure. And The Green Knight, you really dig The Green Knight, right? I did like it a lot. And I, I will say, though, that's not a movie I don't think I would probably sit and watch again. Oh, really? Looks great. I liked it a lot. It's just not something that's going to have a lot of repeat value. I hate that because I talked to um, one of our uh, friends and listeners as well, Jesse, about that, and she really liked it. They watched that movie. And, uh, you know, I, I told her I wish I had the same feeling, the same sentiment. I, I just say I liked it, actually really liked it for a lot of the things that they did with the story. It just, um, and also it looked freaking gorgeous, but the, uh, just too long. There's something about, um, 
the way that the movie was presented, I wouldn't say that was a turnoff for me, but I was also a little tired when I saw the movie. So that played a role because sitting, you know, clocking in almost what, two, two hours, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. There, there are moments where, and it also plays to the advantage of the character, Dev Patel's character in this movie, where we spend a little more time diving into the character and, and why he acts the way that he does in and his response to a few moments. That was really great. I have to say Dev is freaking phenomenal on that. He was awesome. He's great. And he's got a great head of hair. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, you know, I was listening to David Lowry, the writer-director of that film, talk about how he picked Dev Patel to play that character because he wanted someone who was able to turn on the charm but also be someone you're rooting for but then also be someone who's kind of a, a slime ball to a degree. Oh. That, I was like that's that's kind of interesting. He described it what was it? He was it like uh, skeezing, skeezy mm. something like that. Interesting. And I'm like, "Huh, yeah. Uh well, I'll try to find that interview and send that to you because it was really good. After watching that movie, I did a deep dive and listened to a ton of David Lowry talk about the movie. I didn't know much about the actual source in terms of what inspired David Lowry to, to do this story in the first place. Obviously, like the King Arthur story is has been done so many different times. One of your favorites is the Guy Ritchie King Arthur story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how accurate that is to the book um, or whatever it's based on, but <laughs> yes, I do enjoy that movie quite a bit. One thing I loved about The Green Knight too, and this is such a surface level thing that i enjoyed but just the the cracking sound that he made yeah it just sounded so whole and it it was one of those sounds that it was awesome so major props to the sound editing team over uh at a24 that ended up making that happen because it sounded pretty pretty great let us waste no time getting into the topic of this podcast discussion, which is going to be September Pick'ems. That is when Drew and I will pick three things coming out in the month of September. We want to share our excitement and love for these three things. It's kind of our top three for the month. It could be movies, music, TV shows, books, anything, and all pop culture is considered to be available to go on our list. So, Drew, what is your number three? Now, to be honest, there's no real order for me this month. Oh. I picked two albums, which always makes for hard conversations unless both people in this uh, situation, you and I, we both have to know the band or artist to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, to help out, I'm going to do the music first. <sighs> Numero thrice new music from the post-hardcore band Thrice. It's called Horizons East. It's out digitally on September 17th. Physical copies come out in October. It consists of 10 tracks, including the first single, Scavengers, which sounds like this. Of that cold dry land. It reminds you 
Have you ever heard of Thrice before? I have. And it's funny with you mentioning them. I'm looking up their album right now. They're uh, the artist in the ambulance. And I've listened to several of their uh, albums. But here's the weird thing. I don't remember that it the the songs that they ended up uh, performing. I didn't realize it was them. They're awesome. This yeah, is the band's 11th album. The first one came out in 2000. I started listening to that album, The Artist in the Ambulance, in 2003. And that makes me feel crazy old <laughs> and honestly a little bit sad about my mortality. Uh, like I said, this one's called Horizons East. Album number 12, already announced, it's called Horizons West. And there's no date for that. I think it comes out, I would imagine, sometime next year. Uh, if anybody, any newbies are interested in diving into their discography, I would recommend The Artist in the Ambulance, Beggars, and Major Minor. Um, I would say, though, they have never released a dud, in my opinion. Mm. Very solid band from 2000 to now 2021. Man. Yeah, that's, as you said, definitely makes you think about time. <laughs> it's just weird to think that there are bands that I have been listening to for this long and then an example with what's coming up in my number two pick mm. band I've been listening to even longer than that. We are getting old every single day, <laughs> one step closer to getting in the grave. Yeah. You could say that again, because it's so weird. I've had that uh, thought and conversation a lot lately in terms of pop culture, because there's something that will, I don't know, I'll see some trivia about a movie or a TV show. I'm like, wow, I, now I feel really old. Speaking about something that's old and makes us realize just how old we are. Uh, the My third pick is a film, and it comes from a director who released a short film in the same year as Thrice, as what we were just discussing, 2003, and then that short film inspired a film that inspired a film franchise. And the director is none other than James Wan. And the, uh, the film that I was talking about is Saw that came out in 2004. This is not a new Saw movie. Instead, it is James Wan's Malignant coming out on HBO Max or theater same day. September 10th. And this looks really fascinating to me because, you know, as I mentioned, saw James Wan started in the uh, horror genre. And he's, he, he worked on a lot of really solid horror movies. Uh, one, not horror movie, uh, a movie that was, that's not a horror movie that he did that we love a lot. Furious seven. Um, but outside of that, I mean, He's got that in Aquaman, but everything else is pretty much horror from The Conjuring to Saw to Death Sentence. But Malignant stars Annabelle, Annabelle Wallace, which I'm really interested to see what she's like in this. And um, I feel like we just don't get enough of her and things, but she stars as the main actress. And this is kind of James Wan's take on Italian horror. However, I have to say, the first trailer, the only trailer I've watched so far, I am not a huge fan of it. But I do have hope 
because it's James Wan and it looks sleek. It looks like a slick movie and uh, it's clocking in only at an hour and 51 minutes. So it's going to breeze by, I, I think. <laughs> that sounds fairly long for a horror film, though some of those Conjuring films are literally two and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that I, I think the premise of this movie is also very interesting. I have to say the poster to this movie I freaking love. Oh, it's good. I'm, I'm a big Wan fan, big horror fan. Trailer doesn't do much for me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, that's my concern. But And that's where... Uh, so Wan created the story he's he's one of the um you could say the uh one of two who created story for this film itself and of course he's uh directing it but um i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping for good things with this movie and i'm going to hold out and hopefully on september 10th i'm singing its praises rather than saying you should skip it my number two like i said music by the band Third Eye Blind, and it's called Ooh. Our Band Apart. It comes out on September 24th. This is the band's seventh album and consists of nine songs, only nine, hmm. including the new one, again featuring Bethany Cosentino of Best Coast. Like Thrice, Third Eye Blind is a band I've been listening to for much of my life. Their self-titled debut came out in 1997. I was I was a wee lad in the sixth grade. <laughs> and uh, that is an album I still listen to regularly to mm -hmm. this day. I know you love the self-titled album. What is that your favorite or do you have a different one? Yeah, it, it's got to go to their self-titled album because I have to say from start to finish, that is, for me, one of the greatest albums ever released. It's just... It's in my, it's in my top 10. Yeah, it is for me too. It's just, it, there's something about that album that is like perfection. And they they hit the right notes and some of the bridges are just the best of any rock alternative band and i just oh, they're so good and i like you said i listen to that album i'd say every like two months three months something like that and if i'm ever in a funk i put that album on and it immediately just takes me back to when that album first came out and the feelings i had for it and it's almost like i get goosebumps listening to some of those songs because i love it so much they released two songs for this new one I think both are really good. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Third Eye Blind to me. I'm all in, baby. Loves. I, I need to listen to it. I have not yet. So Box of Bones or again, which one would you say is your favorite? Man, Box of Bones feel, feels like it builds to something and then it kind of stops. Huh. It feels like a good opener. It's, what's weird is it's not the opener, but it feels like an opener leading into a second song that bangs. Uh, what's weird is I think it's track number two, which leads into track number three, which is again. Again is probably the more standard one. Mm -hmm. It's just like summer pop to me. It's fantastic. Um, it's it's rare they, they do a song that I don't like. I'm just going to say that. So 
take that with a grain of salt. If you're not a fan of Third Eye Blind, you're not going to like this. It's It sounds like a Third Eye Blind. Well, luckily, lucky for us, we love Third Eye Blind. So I'm ready. I need to, I need to listen. And I also just saw that they've released music videos for both of the uh, singles of, from this album. So I need to check that out after recording. There is a through line in my picks for this month. And I forgot to mention that on my pick for Malignant. Um, I wonder if you can spot what it is. We'll get all the way to number one. And then if you know what it is, feel free to guess. But what if I can guess it on number two? Then you will win $1,000. Yes. Going into your direct deposit this Friday. My number two pick comes from a... uh, it's kind of a surprise. I saw a trailer that popped up about two weeks ago, and it's starring Oscar Isaacs and Jessica Chastain. Do you know what I'm about to say? I do, and I think I know what the through line is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that hard to, to figure it's it out. It's not hard. So I love Oscar Isaac. I think that we're seeing more and more of him. I dig it. I've not watched this, uh, the entire trailer because I stopped in um, about 30 seconds in and I've realized that I don't want to spoil it because this is a limited series, five episodes, and it is Scenes from a Marriage coming out on HBO Max, specifically HBO Max, on September 12th. This basically is a retelling of a Swedish uh, story and it's the American version. And it just looks at a couple's relationship. Um, and it, as the synopsis says, the iconic depiction of love, hatred, desire, monogamy, marriage, and divorce. Oh, my so, goodness. I know. Through, <laughs> uh, And that's, so I'm like, oh, well, that pretty much gives everything away. Uh, but I'm curious to see what these two actors that are going to be headlining this I, I'm 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 anxious to see it, could there be a really solid limited series from HBO Max that I'm ready for. Um, I dug the flight attendant. I really mm. like that. Um, but this did you ever see that? By the way, no. We need to. I heard is wild. It's good. It's it's a good one. This I'm I'm wanting a good meaty drama and oh a good, man. I mean, what concerns me one, I'm just over a year into marriage. Do I need to watch someone, a couple's marriage crater before my eyes over five episodes? <laughs> I I don't know if I want that. One interesting note, you know, Jessica Chastain is in this series. Mm-hmm. It was originally Oscar Isaac and Michelle Williams. Yeah. Which is interesting because I feel like Michelle Williams has done this. She was in Blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And that is a film where we see a relationship begin hit its peak, and then just completely crumble <laughs> and explode. So uh, maybe she's attracted to that stuff. Well, she's not in this, so I guess um, over... I'm not a huge Michelle Williams fan. She's yeah, she's always the same in every film, and it's not that she's bad, but she, she just weeps nonstop. There's like two or three movies she's been in that she doesn't literally cry nonstop. Number one, I'm pretty sure this might be your number one, too. It's, it's a new Western drama Ooh. from... Legend Clint Eastwood. It's called Cry Macho, and it comes out in theaters and on streaming 
HBO Max, September 17th. Woo! Now, this is based on a novel by the late N. Richard Nash that was first published in 1975. Mr. Eastwood plays a former rodeo star hired to bring home a young man in Mexico to his father in the U.S. Dwight Yoakam plays the father, country singer and actor, actually a very good actor, Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Nick Schenk wrote the screenplay. It's the third time he's worked with Eastwood on a film. He wrote Gran Torino and The Mule. And um, I don't know if you've looked into the development because this has been in development in some form for decades. Yeah, this is very fascinating. The story behind this is almost like, I want to know more, almost like a documentary on the making of this story and bringing it to life because this has had a huge um, coming to life story. And Clint Eastwood's been attached to this for what, since the 80s? A number of actors have been in line to do this. I think the most interesting one is Arnold Schwarzenegger in 2003. That was when he was the governor of California. Now, what derailed him doing this movie in 2003 or a little bit after was that sex scandal when (laughs) it was revealed that he banged his housekeeper and fathered the son of a 14-year-old that he had no clue was his child. (laughs) Um. I can't imagine Arnold in this role. Isn't that sound strange? Like that would have been a freaking disaster. You know, weirdly, I kind of ish, but I, yeah, not, not in like after seeing this trailer for the first time, there's no way I can picture anyone in this, but Clint Eastwood. Now you got to keep in mind in 2003, Schwarzenegger's not crazy old. Like Eastwood right now, He's 91 playing 91. this character. That makes yeah. sense to me. Schwarzenegger at age, I don't know, 54, whatever he was in 2003, like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think I think Eastwood's filmography in recent years is interesting because he's playing these old men that are basically looking back on their life, often with regret. Yeah, it's fascinating because when the mule came out, we talked about that too, in terms of, is it almost like the closest we're going to get to him admitting to certain things and apologizing for certain things? And like you said, I find that to be very fascinating because Clint himself, he's gone through basically three different stages of his life in terms of for movies. And I feel like, even though I often rope this in with his latter uh, acting roles for the Dirty Harry franchise, where he ended up saying that once Dirty Harry was created as this macho character, this masculine character, it was to um, emasculate him by showing how the world is changing, but yet he hasn't and he's not. Mm-hmm. And how um, later on in the series, he he's slowly starting to come to terms with how things are. And maybe there it, it would be better if he steps away or, or he changes overall. Uh, and Eastwood's approach to that character and what he said in that interview made me really like that series. And also the character even more. 
But then from that point forward, we get exactly what you're saying, where it's almost like he's looking back on his life and sometimes kind of regretful and sometimes in an insightful way of saying, this is what I've been able to do and accomplish. So we've heard Clint Eastwood say a few times that he's done with acting. He's hanging up his hat. He's going to call it a day. But we ended up getting both Grand Trino and The Mule, in which he returned to the screen, not to uh, just act, but he's directing. So between The Mule and Grand Trino, which of those two films would you pick? Not just for a performance, but for a film overall. That one's actually tough because I like both and I like the mule a lot, but it's almost, it's way lighter than I would have expected. Like there's a road trip fun to it that I, I respect and I like, but it's, it's not what I paid for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I might give it to Gran Torino. What was, what was supposed to be his last acting? Was it trouble with the curve? I know he didn't do that, but I think, I think he did that. Um, as a courtesy to a friend or something. Yeah. And that was supposed to be it. And he didn't act again until... The Mule. Uh, I think The Mule. Yeah. Which was 2018. It was like eight years later. Yeah. He he has an uncredited role as a quote-unquote churchgoer, an American sniper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we won't count them. Yeah. Which, he, was uh, the babe, he was the baby that Bradley <laughs> Cooper holds on to that was that big the big gag that because it looks so fake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, 2012, and then uh, he goes six years, and then he's in The Mule, and then we've got three years, and then he's in Cry Macho. But um, now my next question is, which film do you think it'll uh, it'll end up representing more? Will it be more of a lighter movie like The Mule or maybe a heavier movie like Gran Trino? I think this will be a, more the mule. This is, looks like another road trip film ratting yeah. on a kid. The kid's <laughs> going to learn what it is to be a man. Yeah. He's going to learn what it is to be a man too. And we're going to have some laughs. And there's going to be some danger. I think this will be a little lighter. I, I honestly don't know. Is this, is this it for his acting? Wow. This I mean, is, I guess you, you never say never, but is this, did he say that this is it? I don't think he has. No, he hasn't come out and said a lot about Cry Macho. And that makes me even more fascinated by it. But you've seen the poster of this movie, right? I have, yeah. Do you, what do you think? Do you like it? I mean, I like everything that I've seen so far. It looks very old school, like yeah. one of his Westerns from 1970. 1965 or something yeah i yeah there's something that is like you said a throwback and i love the simplicity of and part of that's the allure i think of uh clint eastwood that he works in kind of the simplicity and i know john carpenter one of the famous phrases that he's got is keep it simple and sometimes your best stories end up being um, the simplest and don't overdo it. And I think Clint Eastwood is a prime example, a living legend who is able to point out a lot of his films and say that it was relatively straightforward, but it worked. So I'm, I'm pumped for this. This movie, anytime we get a new Eastwood, I get very, very excited. 
So yeah, we have to enjoy it while we can. 91 years old. How many more yeah. movies is he going to do? Hopefully 10 more, but who knows? This could be it. Well, if he does 10 more, that's still going to be 10 more than Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, just think he cranks these out yearly. Like they, they started shooting this movie probably earlier this year. And he's notorious for shooting scenes just mm-hmm. one time. And how often do you hear of movies getting bumped up earlier than uh, in this day and age instead of getting bumped back, just like Venom 2? No, so, I, by the way, uh, Sony says that's not happening. So uh-huh. if you're worried about having to wait until 2022 to watch <laughs> Let There Be Carnage, there's some good news for you. I wonder what he thinks about this straight to HBO Max thing. Because ideally, yeah. these movies during the pandemic aimed for adults, mm-hmm. older adults. They're not doing well. Yeah. For whatever reason, a mixture of things, I would imagine. So this is like a good situation. If you're an adult, you don't feel an older adult. You don't feel safe going to a theater because of your health. You have issues. You can stay home and watch this and and not put yourself at risk. I wonder if he appreciates that or if he's someone like some of these other butt plug directors that are like, (laughs) you have to see it in theaters or it doesn't count. I would be interested to hear his thoughts. Yeah, it's. It's funny because now that you say that, I'm really curious because I could also see him like grunting and he's like, <laughs> do what you damn well, he please. Goes, he goes, what's HBO Max? <laughs> I mean, my thing is this. If I'm getting paid, I don't care how you watch it. And I think at this point, Clint is, is just doing movies because he wants to do them. And I bet you anything, he could care less. I mean, I'm sure he's like seeing it in theater is like, a traditional, you know, way of, of, of what he has always been accustomed to, but he's like, Hey, if you're enjoying the movie one way or the other, who am I to tell you how you should enjoy it? He's probably not checking box office receipts to say, Oh man, this was a dud. Not to mention (laughs) he consistently gets work from WB. They have a great relationship. Uh, So I would say he doesn't care. I think in hindsight, we're coming up on September, obviously. With this whole HBO model, they announced day and date streaming releases for all their titles in 2021. That's awesome for us. Mm-hmm. I think in hindsight, what you do is theaters exclusively for two weeks, maybe three, and then it jumps to HBO Max. Because then you're kind of you're kind of doing the win-win thing. And then there's yeah. the only thing you can blame for the movie sucking at the box office is the pandemic, really. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. And I think that's just the state of the industry right now. I know it's kind of the Wild West, but at the same time, I feel like instead of being regressing or regressive and trying to go back to the, well, this is how things have been done, why not try to think of some other way to change things up? I mean, like, for example... Yeah, Dune looks like it'll look awesome on the big screen. And there are other movies that I can't wait to end up seeing on the big screen. But at the same time, I mean, there have been times I have not been able to go to the theater and having that available at home because you're already paying for that price. I don't know. We're in a weird situation. Let's try to consume and enjoy as much as we can, how we can, under our weird circumstances. 
I think that's going to do it for this episode of Quality Check Podcast. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed on such a sad note. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I just hope Cry Macho makes like $173 million at the US box office. That'd be freaking amazing. Um, by the way, I was going to ask, I uh, brought it up briefly, but Candyman uh, is coming out this weekend. What do you think? About that movie, you're hoping to see that as well in theaters. Do you think that will do okay at the box office? Or hoping? You- no, I will be seeing that in theaters Ooh. because it's the only way. The only- I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to be honest with you. I don't think that's going to do great. And I say that because I feel like it's a property that's so old. Like kids in the high school kids, they don't know what that is. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe the Jordan Peele name. I asked my my brother in law. He he is a college student at Northwestern, so he's, he's I think he's twenty one. I was like, hey man, I know you're busy, um, but are you going to go see Candyman this weekend? And he hadn't heard of it, didn't know what it was about. Watched the preview and was like, that looks dope, but he didn't know what it was. And I think he's along the lines of a lot because he likes horror stuff too, hmm. and. I would imagine a lot of a lot of younger kids have never seen, don't even know what the '92 film is, and aren't familiar, super familiar with what Candyman is in general. I don't think it does super great, um, but we'll find out. I cannot wait to go. I'm I'm pumped for the movie, and I'm excited to see what Jordan Peele does with this, and if they're able to kind of revamp it and maybe bring a new franchise to life, but I'm worried too that it's not going to do that great, which really stinks because I think that everything we're seeing, um, it, it does look dope. It looks, uh, not to quote uh, John Cena from the Suicide Squad, but dope AF. So I mean, this is a thing too. And this has always been the case. Even if a movie tanks at the box office, it can still rule. And this movie, I have a feeling, is going to rule. Oh, yeah. That's true. Well, so far, Buzz is good about it. So we'll just have to uh, see this weekend. So, well, I hope that uh, your screening, you're able to uh, to enjoy that uh, with a few people just freaking out nonstop in, in the theater. And film fans, thanks for joining us on this episode of Quality Check Podcast. Um I have to say that until next time, you may not want to say Candyman five times in the mirror, or maybe you do. Nonetheless, keep watching. Yeah.